The greatest untapped resource in Canada is the wisdom of the elder. In that relationship, the student and the elder is the bonding that has to take place to break down ageism. We're stereotyping the minute we say we have a senior moment. Welcome to Elder Wisdom, stories from the Green Bench. I'm Erin Davis, so pleased to be bringing you the lives and memories, the hopes and insights of people you really do need to meet. The Green Bench here at Schlegel Village's Long-Term Care and Retirement Homes is a place to find each other, to connect. And you'll hear as we move forward through this second season of Elder Wisdom, stories of connection and of family. And so it is that I share with you with a heart full of sadness that our dear friend, truly part of our family, my co-host for the first season here of Elder Wisdom, Lloyd Hetherington, has passed away. If you heard our previous podcast, episode 32, we paid tribute to Lloyd after he let us know he was going to let himself be taken care of for a change after a life of kindness, service, wisdom, and counsel, taking care of so many others, and after giving so much to his wife, his children, and grandchildren, to the Salvation Army, to his students, and to everybody around him, Lloyd's generous and loving heart has been stilled. We'll remember him always. And you know, to me, he became a friend I never even met in person, but had wonderful conversations with, and who will continue to guide me and all of the Elder Wisdom and Schlegel family in spirit. Here's Lloyd. I'm going to shove my way between the host and co-host. And although you may not be seeing me, I'll be there because I believe so strongly in the wonderful gift that Aaron has provided for me and I want to be part of that team action. Lloyd, you'll always be a part of this team from the bench on which you now sit with your beloved Marg right there at your side once again and we will forever be grateful. Thank you Lloyd Hetherington. In a moment, we're going to be talking with Corrine Richard about her most interesting life as a single mom, her life in the carnival, and so much more. But first, as we cherish our past, we always have to, as Lloyd would insist, embrace the future. So let's do that. Meet Doug Robinson. He's a resident of Schlegel Village's long-term care and retirement homes, but is likely familiar to you for another reason. You may remember Doug from Season 1 of Elder Wisdom. He moved to Canada 52 years ago, had a career in the hospitality business, starting with working at a hotel when he was just 15, and eventually rubbing elbows with royalty and the likes of you and me. Doug Robinson, we officially welcome you to the show, and I know you know that Lloyd will always have a place on the green bench, but there's room on this virtual bench for another somebody with a big heart and a curious soul. Thank you. I'm looking forward to doing it. And we're looking forward to having you. One of the things that Lloyd and I so loved about you, Doug, was your story and your joie de vivre. So tell us a bit about you and your life at Sandalwood Park in Brampton, will you? 
Yeah, I've been in here for two years now. Uh, I'm still married. I, I've been married for 62 years this year. Uh, but my wife is in a different nursing home. And obviously, I haven't seen her for the last two years. Oh. I, mi I miss her dearly. Yeah, yeah. And you have a couple of children, two children. Yeah, I have two children, a, a son and a daughter, four grandchildren. Uh, my oldest grandson is 34, and he lives in Germany. He's been there for the last six years, and he really enjoys it over there. But you got to see him a few months ago at Christmas, so that was wonderful. Yeah, Christmas, yeah. Yeah, they, they managed to get out of Germany with this COVID and yep. spend a couple of weeks with us, so it was nice. Wonderful, wonderful. So what do your children think of you doing the Elder Wisdom Podcast, Doug? Because it's not every man your age, and I'm going to guess you're in your 80s because you'll be married 62 years this year. Yeah, I'm uh, 86. Wow, okay, all right. <laughs> I love older men. So you, you said to your kids, guess what? I'm going to be doing this podcast. And tell me what their response was to you. Well, they were very excited, actually. <laughs> uh, they can't wait to hear the end result. Well, neither can we. So let's get to it, shall we? And introduce to you Corrine Richard, who lives at Coleman Care Center in Barrie. And Corrine, welcome to Elder Wisdom as we kick off our second season with what we think is going to be a pretty special chat. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, Corrine. Thank you. We were looking at your story, and we're so excited to be sharing it with everyone today because you come from a pretty famous place or near a pretty famous place when it comes to Ontario history, and I know that that certainly caught Doug's attention. Yeah, you're from Calida. Did you ever get to see the Dion Quintuplets? Yes, I did. Did you? Yes. How old were they when you went to see them? Oh, they were about nine, eight or nine years old then. Yeah. Uh. Tell us about the setting. How did you go and see them? Like, did they have them in a sort of a meet and greet situation, Corrine? Or tell us about your visit to the Dion Quintuplets, who, of course, were very famous, Yvonne, Cecile, Annette, Emily, and Marie, for being born in 1934 and the world's first surviving identical quintuplets. Tell us about your meeting them or what you remember of that, because it would have been way back in the 1940s now. Well, all I remember was uh, my mother and grandmother were going to see them, and we uh, I was allowed to go with them. Now, why, I don't know or how, if they had to get tickets or what they did, but mm -hmm. I remember just going to the place, and we were only a few minutes waiting to get in, and... They let us in, and they showed us all around where where they played and what they did, you know. They showed us their toys. I remember seeing a big doll pram that they had and thinking, boy, I'd like to have that. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't really hard to get in to see them. I understand they did sell tickets. It was the way that the Dion family kind of made ends meet. Yeah. They made a circus out of them, didn't they? Yes, I imagine they did later, but this was when they first started showing them. 
like, and I may have the date wrong, and because, as I say, that didn't mean that much to me. To me, there were just more kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> now, you didn't have four siblings who looked exactly like you, but yeah. uh, you grew up with how many siblings, Corrine? Four. And whereabouts did you grow up? In Calendar. So part of your story is the life that you had when you were really quite young in Wasaga Beach in your early 20s. So when we hear, usually, of people working in the carnival, you're either, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, please, you're either running away to it or you're running away from something. What drew you to the carnival, Corrine? Well, I had friends that worked there, and they came up to visit me uh, in Calendar. And when they were going back, she talked me into going back with them. And she just come and see what, what it's like, you know. Well, I went to see what it was like, and I liked it. So the guy that looked after it offered me a job. And I thought, oh, I might just try that. He said, if you don't like it, you don't have to stay, I mean, you know. So I took the job anyway, and I liked it. I stayed all summer. And what did you do? Didn't you know, I sat on a stool behind a little counter, and I made change. Change, $10, $100. Everybody that needed change had to come to me to get it. They have one of those at every uh, carnival. They always have somebody getting out the change so that you can go and play the machines and yep. the games. Yep. That's right. Now, Corinne, you'll be interested to know that Doug has some very fond memories of carnivals because of a certain romantic connection in his memory. So I'm going to let you two stroll down memory lane together when it comes to carnivals. Doug, tell us that connection. Yeah, well, Corinne, I've been married 62 years uh-huh. And I, I did all my courting, four years of courting at the carnival every year. My wife and I, we, we had a big carnival on a, what we call a common in England. And it used to come every year and my wife and I would stroll around the carnival holding hands. And we did uh-huh. that for four years. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. We, we enjoyed the carnival. They're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. Yes, they were. Yeah. Do you have um, any uh, memories of something funny that happened at the carnival while you were working there? Was there anything comical that made you laugh? <laughs> oh, so many things. You know, I could never sit down and tell you about them. So many things. Well, I could ask you something about some of the games that were played, Corrine. Like, for example, were they all on the up and up? Because you'd see these people walking around with ginormous stuffed animals. Probably, you know, Doug was one of those impressing his then-girlfriend as he was courting. But were those <laughs> were those people kind of placed there and said, here, here, here's $2, go walk around with this, you know, lion or bear for a couple of hours, and, and then people <laughs> will think, hey, I could win that. What was really going on behind the scenes with the games? Can you give us a little inside, Corrine? Yes, I can. I never knew anything that was not on the up and up with them. Excellent. 
Do you think that goes on at the Toronto exhibition, Erin? <laughs> I don't know, Doug. I've always, always, always wondered. Uh, and here's something else. I was just listening to another podcast the other day, and uh, it was about Lucille Ball. And when she lived and was growing up in Jamestown, New York, Corrine, this will resonate with you. She worked at the carnival when it came to town. Oh, and, exactly. uh, and she was a barker. She'd get people to come and get your hamburgers, you know. And so she had a job that I think was better suited outside a ticket booth, as we all know that what she went on to be such an incredible performer. But was there ever a job at the carnival that you thought, oh, man, I wish I was doing that? Or were you happy there in the ticket booth? Oh, I was quite happy. So tell us how long you stayed with the carnival. You you didn't go on the road with them, did you? Just once. Oh, tell us about that, Corrine. Well, I, I just went once, just, well, curiosity. I wanted to see what it was like. And I didn't stay long. I came back because, of course, I had Chris then. Ah. And I didn't want to stay away any longer than possible. And, like, I mean, through the summer, I made enough money that I didn't have to worry about it. So it paid pretty well then. Oh, Yeah. You mentioned your son, Chris. Yeah. Let's talk about Chris. You you had a baby yeah. when you were 19 years old? Yes. And your parents helped you to raise this little boy. Was that unusual at that time, Corrine? Were girls not pressured to give the baby away or keep the baby a secret? Or what was your situation there that your parents just seemed to embrace their, I'm sure, beautiful little grandson? How did that all come about? They just took him over. It was... I had him, and, and he was theirs, and, you know, they just took him over and looked after him while I I worked. I, I just paid my mother so much, and whenever I felt like giving her money, I gave her money, and, you know, I bought anything that he needed, and that's all there was to it. They looked after him while I worked. Corinne? Yes? Uh, what were the uh, sleeping arrangements at the carnival? Did you sleep in a tent or did you No, we had it. We had a small trailer. Oh, you had a trailer, did you? Yeah. Yes. And that would have been an awful time away from your son, I'm sure. So no wonder you wanted to come back home where your son he yes. called your mother ma and your your dad was He was dad too. Ah. Yeah. And you know he still is calls them that. Ah. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. So how many years, on and off, of course, did you end up working at the Carnival, Corrine? Uh, let me think. Well, at least three. Three. And during that time, it seems like Doug wasn't the only one who had some romantic involvements at the fair. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Every year you had a romantic flame. Ah. <laughs> was yours romantic? Mine was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a certain mechanic who caught your eye, or you caught his. So, Corrine, tell us about that, how your time at the carnival actually sort of paved the way for the life that you would have for years to come. Well, I don't know. My my mother and dad were down there before me and said, Oh, wait till you see him, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I got down there and I saw him and I thought, Hey, not bad at all. For once, they could pick. Nah. <laughs> well, now that's unusual when your parents pick out your boyfriend. Yeah. yeah, that takes the pressure of having to impress the folks right out of the picture. 
Yeah. So he was a mechanic and he assembled the rides and kept them running and stuff. But from what I understand, your eventual husband, I hope that's not a spoiler. No. He was on the road a lot. So how did that all work out? Yes, he was. Well, I knew that right from the beginning. Right. Like, I mean, it was no uh, no big uh, deal that it was something that I I was suddenly sprung with her and I, that he I knew he would be on the road a lot and uh, he was but he always came back. You must have been a good looker, Corrine. Well, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So you meet this man. His name is Leo. During your first summer at the carnival, and then. Because he was in a troubled marriage at the time, he'd say he'd never get married again. And what was your response to that, Corrine? I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> but he did. He popped the question. But he Once did. Once the divorce came through, he, he popped the question. <laughs> but you said, you know what? You were never really that girl who was so interested in getting married. I wasn't. I always said, oh, I'm I'm not interested in it. Like, there's nothing I can do now that I can't do when I'm married or nothing I can do when I'm married that I can't do now. <laughs> so, you know, I just wasn't interested in it. In a way, Corrine, it sounds like you were a woman ahead of your times because right. you didn't really give a flying for do what anybody else thought and you were going to have your life and your family life the way that you wanted. That's right. Are there other ways that you were kind of outside the mold? Other ways that you were ahead of your time, do you think? Well, no, I don't think so. I just kind of went along and uh, I knew what I wanted. Nothing changed my mind, you know. Are you still that way? Yes. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Did he go down on his knee and give you a ring when he proposed? No, he didn't get down on his knees. I, I put him on his knees. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and when Leo did propose, wasn't it wasn't it by phone? Yes, it was. And how did that land? How did you like that? Well, I, I was used to all these crazy things. You don't understand. We lived a crazy life, and it was it was a crazy proposal, and it was right up my alley. <laughs> perfect. I love that expression, up my alley. (laughs) After the carnival cream, did you go and work in a hospital? Yes. And how long did you work in the hospital? Oh, my God. Well, I worked off and on there uh, before I went to the carnival. Yeah. I'd go go for a few weeks or a month, and then I'd I'd get tired of it, and I'd say, ah, well, I'm going to quit that, and... I quit, but they always seemed to take me back, hmm. yeah. which, which was foolish of them, but they did. <laughs> and, uh, which department did you work in? Oh, God, you, you moved. You were always going somewhere else. I did a little bit of everything. Yeah. So Leo got off the road, and you guys <laughs> settled around North Bay, and you did some work in hospitals and stuff. So... You already came with a son into the relationship with Christopher, and there was Leo. And so you had kind of an instant family. How did that all work out? Oh, it was good. I was a PSW, so I could go and work anywhere, and he could do it too. So, you know, 
It was kind of the perfect relationship. Corinne? Yes? How did uh, Leo take to Christopher and Christopher take to Leo when they first introduced to one another? Well... Did they, did they strike it straight away or...? I have to be honest with you. When Chris was young, very young, and Leo was around, he got along fine with him. But as Chris got older, he was seemed like he he got jealous and he was not the same. He was he'd be okay one day and the next day he'd be mad at him. He didn't like him at all. No? Yeah. Did did that ever end or did they become friends in the end? Oh yeah, yeah. After they both grew up. Yeah. <laughs> both grew up, eh? Yes. After they both grew up. You guys went on to have a child of your own together as well, so Christopher got a sibling. Tell us about her. Well, she was spoiled rotten, of course. A lot more than Chris was. Mm-hmm. Chris was spoiled, but he was spoiled by my mother and father. While I worked... But she was spoiled by me. Oh, okay. Because I was home then. I didn't work as much. And she was home then. So everywhere I went, she went with me. You know? Yeah. And speaking of home, there's a connection between where you are now at Coleman Care Center and Amy. Because your daughter also had a hand in you sort of transitioning to this stage in your life. We should mention that Leo passed away a few years ago. But you moved into Schlegel Villages, and your daughter kind of had a hand in that? Yes, she did. She thought it would be a, a good place, she said. And Amy worked here, too, eh? Yeah, yeah. In yeah. food services? Yeah. Corinne, how are you finding the home life? Oh, I, I like it. I don't mind it at all. I'm very happy, too, where I am. Yeah. We have wonderful staff here looking after us. Yes, we have good staff. We do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you play any games like bingo or anything like that? You know, I can, but I don't want to. I haven't got on to the bingo game yet. <laughs> uh, I hate to get nailed down to one thing, and I'm afraid if I start playing bingo, it'll be bingo all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I play bingo, and when I win, I get a chocolate bar. Oh. You should start playing. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you like to do, Corrine? What fills your time? What do you enjoy doing? Well, you know, what I have been doing is I my legs swell with fluid, so I've been mostly laying around. I get up for a little while and then get back down into bed and, you know, but... I, I like to read, but I've only got one eye that's good anymore. Ah, so okay. I can't even read, and that just cheeses me off. Well, there are audiobooks, and uh, I hear there's a pretty good podcast out there, and uh, and there's this guest named Corrine Richard, and, and she's a pistol. You shouldn't miss it. Corrine, <laughs> <laughs> do you use a walker? Yes, I do. I have one, too. Uh, it's called old age. <laughs> Come on now. It's not called that at all. It's called your helpmate. Yes. 
<laughs> oh, my gosh. My dad uses a cane. He's 88, and he has this joke. I swear to you both, he uses it every time we talk. He says, I've got my cane, so I'm able. You know, <laughs> cane able. and able. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. my dad. You love yeah. him, and he'd love you both, too. <laughs> Often when we talk with guests, Corrine and Doug, you know this from listening to, we're asked if you have any advice or any wisdom that you pass along. Do you ever offer any to Amy and Chris or to the people around you, like your caregiver, your support person today, Karen Andrews, who's making this all possible? Thank you, Karen. What advice do you give to people if they ask you for some, Corrine? Well, you know, nowadays they hardly ever ask you for Well, we are. We are, honey, so let it fly. (laughs) I only have one thing to say. Just do your own thing and just keep yourself safe. That is good advice indeed. May I add mine for you both? sure can. Please do. Think positive, test negative. That's That's mine. Thank Uh, you. uh, (laughs) You're right. I'm a very positive person, Erin. Yes. I always be, you've got to be positive. Be positive. It's no good being negative. Yeah, you're right. And staying connected with the people who are around you, whether they're your family, the people you miss, or the people you are with, or the family there at Schlegel Villages, and of course, being connected through things like this and through podcasts and hearing stories. And, Corrine, if there's anything about your story that we've missed, and you'd like to tell us, here's your chance. I'm just trying to think of something that I should tell you that I haven't. And Corrine, let's go back to the carnival. You sure you haven't got a good story to tell us that's funny? Oh, my goodness, I probably have a thousand. <laughs> Give us the best one. <laughs> I don't like to tell stories that aren't about myself. You get yourself in trouble, you know. Oh, (laughs) trouble's fun at our age. Come on. (laughs) It must astound you when you watch the news at the end of the exhibition in Toronto or whatever, and there's marauding in the midway and that sort of thing. It was never like that, was it? Or or am I remembering, misremembering things? it was never like that. Yeah. How did you deal with hoodlums and the likes? I I could only remember once that we had... uh, any trouble and it wasn't really trouble because this bunch of motorcycle guys came in and they started throwing things around and that and nobody said a word I think we all were so dumbfounded we didn't know what to say and we all just stood back and let them throw stuff around and when they got finished the one guy was looking at us and he said You know, that was a stupid thing to do, wasn't it? (laughs) And I said, well, it's up to you. It's up on how you feel. And, you know, they went to work and they cleaned up all the mess. They even scrubbed the floor. (laughs) That's a great story. I thought that was a wonderful story. Like, not many of them would do it. No. Erin, when you went to the carnival, what was your favorite game? You know what? I was never that good at any of the games, Doug. I think the ring toss. My favorite thing is, as part of Rotary, was calling the bingo. And I did that in the past five years here in the Victoria area for the big fall fair. And I have to tell you, and I'm afraid, Corinne, that this might resonate with you for all the wrong reasons, but I hope you're going to laugh. I'm up there calling bingo, 
and the ball comes up and it's like I-40 or something. So I call out, who needs an eye? And the guy in the front row who has an eye patch on raises his hand and goes, <laughs> me! <laughs> oh, oh, that's the best ball I've had this year. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if I could have shrunken and just seeped away, I would have. And oh, oh my goodness. Erin. So that's, yes, sir. I is not under the 40s. I is under the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for that, Doug. I appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. See, now, Corrine, you may just have to try bingo. You just never know. I may have to. <laughs> oh, my dear. It has been such a pleasure talking with you today. And thank you so much for being so warm and so open. And, Doug, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Erin. Will you come back for the next one, Doug? Oh, definitely. You, what you... do you think? You've got me for life now. Uh, all right, all right. You won't be able to get rid of us. That's right. What do you think, Corrine? Is he a keeper? Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. good. I think so, too. Corrine, yeah. can I blow you a kiss before you go? You can blow me two of them. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> That's lovely. I hope you'll join Doug and me again. Just subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks, and you'll be notified as soon as they're up. Share your thoughts and opinions on social media using hashtag Elder Wisdom to help everybody find us on this green bench. And if you could, would you take a moment to rate and review the Elder Wisdom podcast? If it's easier, just go to elderwisdom.ca to find the link and to please fill out the Elder Wisdom Pledge. In our next episode, Pam Weeb will join us. She's with the team that keeps this whole thing going, the Schlegel Support Office, and she's going to give us all some insight into the village as a family, her love of nursing, and her own affection for the wisdom of elders. Boy, is she in the right place. On behalf of Doug Robinson, I'm Erin Davis, and your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.